0: <laughs> Welcome to the VBAC Link Podcast. This is Julie today. I am missing Megan with all my heart, <laughs> but don't worry because I have two wonderful people here with me today. Uh, one of our VBAC doulas to co-host and one of my own clients sharing her VBAC story that I'm so excited to hear. And so I'm going to introduce both of them in just a second. But Megan, it's re- this is going to be really funny, like the way it plays out in this schedule, because This episode is coming out in the middle of our three recordings today. And then, so this is technically the second one that you're hearing with Megan absent, but it's three weeks after the first one that posted. And then there's another one in two weeks that's not going to (laughs) have Megan on it either. So, (laughs) So just bear with me. I'm missing my security blanket, Megan, but luckily I have one of my RV-back doulas and one of my clients here to fill in that warm and snugglies that (laughs) Megan always helps me with while we're recording. So first, I'm going to introduce our co-host, Tara Van Dyke, and she is in Chicago, Illinois. The only thing I know about Chicago is that the airport is really big. And I had to run from, like, one end of the terminals clear, like, to the other ones and wait on the little – for the little um, – what's it called? The little tram thing to come. And this one is in the military, and I was, like, oh, it's between basic training and AIT, I think. And I was, just, like, having this rucksack – or not rucksack – duffel bag on my back and my combat boots, just hoofing it. I was in way better shape. No way I would have made it now. But, like, back then, it was it was yeah. quite, quite the sprint. But – Tara, her business is With You Parenting, and really fun fact about her is that she goes skydiving on all of her milestone birthdays, and she takes her kids skydiving on their 18th birthday, and I think that's the cool, the cool mom. Like, you're definitely the cool mom, Tara.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: I do it because I love it. <laughs> I went skydiving once when I lived in Hawaii oh, it was like 10 years ago and it was super fun but I'm really excited I mean what a fun thing to do milestone birthday so is it like every five years or well started on my 30th
1: uh-huh. um, there have been a few since then just to give you a hint
0: <laughs> a few, <laughs>
1: um, a few. <laughs> yeah what do you If my kids were little my kids were little then and they... You know, I, I didn't know the side effect of them all watching me do it was that they would all be crazy about doing it too. Mm. So it's been a big family tradition that I take them on their 18th birthday. So they're all eight, all four of them have reached that milestone now. So I have to find another reason to keep going.
0: I, I'll i pretend like I'm turning <laughs> 18 again and then I'll come <laughs> to Chicago and we can go together and Megan I love too. It. And maybe Bridget later on <laughs> down the road. <laughs> we'll do yeah. It will be fun. Okay. <laughs> skydiving. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this, this story is just about as exciting as the time I went skydiving, maybe even a little bit more. So my very <laughs> own client, Bridget. I say my favorite client, but I call all my clients my favorite clients. And sooner or later, they're <laughs> going to start calling me out and be like, I'm pretty sure that you called the her your favorite client. But I really do love my clients so much. They really do get to be like my family and friends. And Tara, I'm sure you can relate. And it really just makes my heart happy whenever one of my clients wants to share their story. Before we get into Bridget's story, I'm going to have Tara, the master skydiving best mom ever, read a review of the week for us. Okay, I got it.
1: There's a review from Koala Baby 21 on Apple Podcasts. And she says, Amazing. I'm so happy I found this podcast. I had a scheduled C section with my first daughter because she was measuring large. I wish I had found this podcast before I agreed to it. Next baby, I'm definitely trying for a VBAC. This podcast has made me feel so empowered and informed. Thank you, ladies. I love when people are planning their VBAC before they're pregnant.
0: (laughs) I know, me too. We've had, in fact, I think it was our very first or our very second course when we were doing in-person courses before coronavirus. She wasn't even pregnant yet. like Her C-section baby was like four months old, and she came to our in-person course because she wanted to be that prepared ahead of time. And I'm like, you rock. You rock. That's definitely awesome. Yes. And thank you so much for the review. We love reviews, as you know, and we love hearing uh, how we are helping you. It really keeps keeps us going and keeps this podcast uh, rocking and rolling for you.
2: You are tuned in to the VBAC Link Podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan.
0: Do you want a VBAC but don't know where to start? It's easy to feel like we need to figure it all out on our own. That's what we used to do and it was the loneliest, most ineffective thing we have ever done. That's why Megan and I created our signature course, How to VBAC, the ultimate preparation course for parents that you can find at the VBAClink.com. It is the most comprehensive VBAC preparation course in the world perfectly packaged in an online self-paced video course. Together, Megan and I have helped over 800 parents get the birth that they wanted, and we are ready to help you too. Head on over to the vbacklink.com to find out more and sign up today. That's the vbacklink.com. See you there. Bridget, I I had no idea. How did like, I I did not know that you met your husband in Belgium.
3: Yeah, technically the Netherlands, but on our mission, we both served a mission out there, and oh, that okay, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to and like get that little hook out there, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Netherlands and Belgium—that's really cool. You love to travel. I love to travel too, but you know what puts a damper on that? Children. COVID. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> One day. Maybe that's when I need a cool mom. It's their 18th birthday. I'll take them to whatever country they want. That would be so cool, right? <laughs> Actually, that would oh, be really yeah. expensive. <laughs> Maybe I I've <laughs> got like 11 years to figure it out, so I think I'm good. But she <laughs> is the wife of a former Marine, and she loves cooking, baking, tearing, taking care of her babies. She loves being outside. She has two boys, two years old and three weeks old, and you guys. <laughs> Her VVAC like rocked my world. I just, it's one of those things where in your mind, like, you know, certain things work and line up and then the magic happens. But like then when you actually are there and witnessing it and doing it, it just like is, I don't know, magical. I don't know what other way to describe it. <laughs> it's just super cool, super empowering. I, I left that birth, all smiles. Really, really excited for Bridget. But before I start telling her story for her, I will turn the time <laughs> over to her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you. It's so it's so crazy to hear you say this, what, what you said about it. Because I always, just, I don't know, I was just so excited to have you as my doula. And it's just cool Aww. to be here on the, on the podcast and then have you talking about it like that. And it's fun being on the other side, having already had the birth and like <laughs> I can just reflect on it now yeah. um, and I have to just say I was totally that person that like before I got pregnant I was like researching all the things like I didn't after I had my first c-section I didn't even really well I didn't really know what a VBAC was actually to be honest I didn't know that it was a thing and I had I just thought I was gonna have to have a c-section with all the rest of my kids and just super bummed about it but what I actually like searched like VBAC something I can't remember like on Uh, I think it was on Instagram and you guys popped up and I was like, oh, wow, this has like a lot of information. And so I just like delved into it and like read every single one of you guys' blog posts and listened to all your podcasts, like to and from all my appointments and at home on walks and everything. So really cool. But anyways, to start off, (laughs) so I had my first C-section was in 2018. My first, um, it was with my first son that was born in August of 2018 and had a really healthy pregnancy didn't really uh, I want to say that I did plan for my birth but in all reality I didn't really like seriously plan for it I kind of just like looked up videos and like google things and stuff and thought I was prepared for it but and just thought I was prepared for the hospital experience I guess I should say because you don't really no one really prepares you for that no one tells you like what it's going to be like with doctors and nurses and and just like finding a doctor that's Like, that's going to be like the type of doctor that you want to help you get the birth that you want. I totally just was, I just went to a clinic that was like in my small little town that we lived in in Arizona that was close by because we were like kind of far away from like big city. And so I was like, oh, sure, I'll just go. And they were great, they were really good. But I kind of, I think I kind of just settled with that like location wise and turned out to be just a little bit of a bummer. But so, fast forward to actually having the baby so i was 40 weeks in one day and i thought that i was having kind of like contractions one night but they' are just like i just thought that they were like kind of building up to contractions i should say they were like racks and hicks, they weren't painful or anything but they were just like kind of tight and getting a little bit intense and i lived down and they went away and so i was able to sleep through the night and then the next morning my husband was like let's go on a walk let's see if we can get anything going and so we went on a walk and walked the curb kind of and I thought that I felt like a little bit of water like fluid come out and it didn't feel like a gush or anything but I was like oh I wonder if that was like my water like I've heard that it can kind of just trickle out and so we were like okay well, let's just go home and see if like more comes out and a little bit later nothing really happened but I had tested positive for GPS in this pregnancy and so I was like they kind of were like as soon as you think your water broke like make sure you come to the hospital so that we can get you started on on the antibiotics. And so I called the hospital and they were like, yeah, might as well just come in and get checked. And so that's what we did. We kind of took our time to get there and they checked me. And I was also like two centimeters dilated before, like at my last appointment. And so when I got there, they checked me and she, while we were waiting for the results, we were just like in triage. And all of a sudden, like a ton of beeping happens and the baby's heart rate went down it decelerated to like 60 beats per minute and so like everyone just comes rushing in and puts um oxygen on me and like puts me over like five times to try to get his heart rate found kind of or just to try to get it back to see if they can see if um, it went back to normal and it did after like a minute or so they were like they it went back to normal so they admitted me and they told me that i, I was going to be induced that night and i was like okay sure like i'm all for it like i want this baby out of me. and i didn't really Know much about like the cascade of interventions or whatever, and so that was like around three p.m. and around eleven o'clock is when I actually got cervidil inserted into my cervix by um, the doctor that was on call. I hadn't even met her once, to be honest. Uh, That was kind of yeah, she was great, but I yeah, I didn't really know her because my other doctor wasn't there. And so as soon as she, I just remember as soon as she had inserted the servadil, I swelled up down there <laughs> in my lady bits and it was like like golf saw golf ball size swelling oh and miserable miserable <laughs> it was so oh painful yes and I couldn't like sit upright because like I couldn't sit on that and so like birth ball was like out of the picture and I couldn't really walk around much because it just hurt to walk around so I was really just like stuck on the bed which is like not ideal at all when it comes to this, you know, you kind of want to be like walking around and able to be kind of like bouncing or being like doing sideline position or whatever. And I wasn't really able to do anything to like help baby come down. And so then I think this is, they put me on Pitocin and contractions started happening and they were like, well, if, if the contractions are like very like intense, like right at the front then we'll take the servital out. And they were like, it, it was insane. So all night I was up contracting. And so they eventually took the servital out. And I I think like every single time they checked me, it was just super painful. And I didn't realize why. It's just because he was like super high up. No one really told me that. And anyways, I just wish I would have known that. But I got checked again by a new nurse that came in. And she was like super gentle. It didn't hurt when she checked me, which was strange. But I was only three centimeters at this point and. I opted for the epidural because I was I think that the contractions were like a minute apart and they were like insane still like even though they took out the cervidil I was like just not and I was practicing like I was trying to breathe through them like low and and controlled breaths but I just yeah I wasn't able to to do it any longer and so I was only three centimeters and I got an epidural I didn't know what else to do like I didn't have anyone else there really to help me know you know and so I rested the rest of the day and I kind of took like a small little nap and then that night they upped my Pitocin a little bit more and eventually the epidural wore off and I was just up the next night again like all night and oh I forgot to say before I got the epidural I had eaten the breakfast that they brought in and then after that, after I got the or before I got the epidural, my nurse was like, "Did you eat breakfast?" Okay, good, because that's the last thing you're gonna eat before, like until I, after you have this baby. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And she's like, "Yeah, and also you can't really drink any water." And I was like, "Okay," um, just like took her word for it. And she was great. Like I really liked this nurse, but I just thought that that's how it was. So I got the pitocin later that night, and or upped it. They upped it. I can't remember to how much, but so I labored all night again, and. Uh, then the next morning, I finally got to di- I got dilated to a 10, but he was still very high up. I don't remember what station he was at or anything, but the nurse or the doctor, had they had switched shifts, and so there's a new doctor on shift, and before she had even come in, she heard kind of like what was happening. She hadn't even come in to like talk to me or anything, and the nurses came back, and they were like, Dr. So-and-so wants you to have a C-section. She heard like what's happening, and she wants you to just have a C-section. She thinks, She thinks it would be best, and I was like are you serious? Like I got this far I'm like
0: coming (laughs) to talk to you or see you. Yeah. That's what the, that's what really bugs me. Sorry. I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. Um, that's something that really bugs me about our modern obstetric care is we rely more on what we can see on a monitor than what a person's body is telling us or by getting a feel for the situation by actually being present, you know? anyways rant over
3: yeah go on <laughs> no totally and it like it really made me frustrated because just the, the fact that she didn't even like take the time to come in and like talk to me and see like how I was feeling she was just like you need to have a c-section and I was like I told the nurses I was like no I'm gonna try to have this baby vaginally I'm gonna try as long as I can and I want to push because if I can get him to come down and they were like good yeah I think that's what you should do and so I pushed for like an hour and he did come down like a little bit. He kind of budged just like a little bit. they could even see, they could see his, his hair. Like they could see his head and stuff. Like my husband is able to like see his head and see how much hair he had. But then the doctor came in and she was like, this part's really annoying and frustrating too. She was like standing over in the corner, just kind of watching and just kind of like looking like, I don't know, like if you got it, like not supportive whatsoever. And not even like, They're helping me push or anything. She was just like standing over there watching, and she's like, "Yeah, it looks like he's like having some head trauma. Like his head looks a little red and stuff." And so I don't, I don't know if you want to like put him through this much longer. And I was, of course, like, "Oh, like I don't want to hurt my baby." And like, of course, like I don't know if like that would have been bad for him, but like babies' heads can shift. I've learned you know they can the plates or whatever can kind of move around for them to come out vaginally. And I just didn't want to put him in any like danger or pain or trauma or whatever and so I kind of like prayed about it and I opted for the uh, c-section um the c-section was fine I was like shaking a ton which sounds like it's pretty normal and I healed really well good I guess I don't know I had like a good recovery with my c-section but I still like just the emotional aspect of it was hard for me like I every time like I had like I had a friend who had a vaginal birth this is probably selfish of me but I was just like why couldn't I have had that like why couldn't my body have done what it was supposed to do to have this baby come out of me this way and it was just hard and so I would cry about like every time we thought about it for like at least five months after and then I eventually I kind of got over it and I just was like okay I'm gonna have to be back with my next baby which is what I did (laughs) but anyways that's so, the next Boom. baby. <laughs> That's what you did. That's right. <laughs> so, I uh, just kind of, like, took notes on my phone, like, everything that I learned about, like, VBACs and, like, prep for it and everything before I was even pregnant, like I said. And we actually thought, so we moved from Arizona up to Utah. We thought we were going to live here just for, like, a little bit before we go to California for, like, military things. But that kind of got changed because of COVID and stuff. And so I was kind of in the, in the process of trying to find like a doula and a midwife over in this area in California where we were going to move. And I wasn't able to find anyone that was like VBAC experienced or anything. And that scared me. And so I was really happy that we stayed here in Utah because then I got Julie and she was so great. You and I really was, good it was funny because <laughs> I actually, what's that? I said you had a really good doula. <laughs> I had a really good deal. Like, yes, I'm so glad. Just kidding.
0: No, but really, though. I think we were a great fit.
3: <laughs> yes, for sure. And, like, that's the thing. You got You want to find someone who's a great fit for you, and you were. And, actually, I messaged you guys about finding a midwife because I was – I just didn't even know where to start, and I wanted to just find a midwife. So I, prev- I wanted to go with a midwife this time just because I had heard really good things about midwives. And you guys had rever- referred me to a midwife in Salt Lake am I allowed to say her name?
0: Yeah, you <laughs> Kira, totally can. can say we just her? don't okay, like okay. to, we just don't like to bad mouth providers, but since we really love her and I know you're not yeah. going to say anything negative about her, then definitely, definitely. Okay.
3: Well, we love her. Yes. Her name's Kira Waters and it sounds like Julia's had actually a few births with her before mine, but she actually didn't even end up being at my birth, but she was still great to be able to ask all my questions to. And then I was able to, hired hire. I don't know get Julie as my doula which I was so excited for I, I keep saying that I really was just because it was cool to like be listening to your podcast and like I was like every time I listen I'd be like she's going to my birth and like I know not <laughs> everyone gets to, not everyone will get to have you and people are like all around the, the world around the country and they I'm sure they have great doulas too but I, I was yes. lucky to have you anyway well, thank you um so much. <laughs> So fast forward to uh, this birth, um, I had a good pregnancy and I actually had tested positive for GBS as well with this one, which I was really worried about, but it ended up like being just fine. Like it wasn't that big of a deal besides that it had to be on antibiotics because my plan was to just labor as long as I could at home. So I was 38 weeks and three days and I had just put myself down for a nap and was taking a nap myself. And I woke up to, like, a really strong contraction, right, at 4 p.m., and so I was like, oh, I wonder if that's just, like, my bladder telling me I need to go to the bathroom because sometimes that would happen with, like, Braxton Hicks. So I went to the bathroom, and I actually had a little bit of bloody show, maybe TMI, but um, the day before, I also thought that I had lost my mucus plug, and so um, once I saw, like, the bloody show, I was like, I literally looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, my body knows what it's doing. This is happening. Like, I'm going to go into labor on my own. Which is what I wanted like the whole time. Like I'm sure everyone wants that. Or most That's people, you know, and moment,
1: so, isn't it? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> did it on yeah, its own
3: and, Yes, for sure, because then you're not yeah, this is good. So I was like, Okay, well let's just see if I have any more contractions and I was already like laying down and so I kind of I don't remember why I did after this, but anyways, I had like another contraction like fifteen minutes later. And then it was like six minutes later and then it kinda was like ten minutes and then it like eventually just it got more normal like five minutes apart five minutes apart and then it was like four and then three and then and then it was like two minutes apart and they were starting to get to where like I couldn't really talk through them and like I had to like stop and like breathe through them and my husband had just gotten home from work and my son had woken up for a nap and we were kind of just chaos didn't really know what we were doing and I was like cleaning the kitchen and I had chicken on the table that was like dripping off of the (laughs) off to the floor that was like raw chicken because I was going to make like freezer meals I was not planning on going into labor and so I had to like clean that up through all these contractions, anyways. So I texted my midwife, and she was like, "It sounds like it's labor. Like you might, you can go in. Like I would go in once you feel like you need support and like help with labor." And um, texted Julie and just kind of keeping her filled in. So she was like, "Okay, hey, I'm gonna take a nap so that I'm well, like charged up to go at your birth and stuff." And so I was like, "Okay, I'm not gonna bug her. I'm just gonna labor," and that's what I did. And then she texted me and she's like how's it going and i was like yeah we're on our way to the hospital i did not want to call you and wake you up because i know you're sleeping (laughs) but so she was like do you like how are your contractions like do you feel like you like are you having to like vocalize through them and i was like no not really but i'm like definitely like breathing through them really hard or i don't know just just trying to have like the controlled breathing and and you're like, okay, well, I guess just let me know like what you want me to do because I could, like you could go up and see, I think you said you could say like your in-laws up there or something. And um, yeah. I just said, okay, well, I'll just let you know like how it goes after like just the drive there because we had like a 40-minute drive to the hospital. And so I was laboring laboring in the back seat. And it's funny because right after I hung up the phone with you, I was – I like all of a sudden I was like, okay. I be quiet anymore like and i was like this is what she means like this is vocalizing and so my husband was like okay and i remember at one point he was like driving through that crappy lehigh uh, yes. uh traffic whatever it's called it's um awful. yes it's so bad and i was like it was like 60 i think that you had to go and i was like i need you to go at least 70 i like looked at him in the rear mirror and he was it's like terrible. okay and i was like you need to go faster just because it was like gonna be a long drive there and So we finally got there and and I told Julie to come to the hospital too because I was like, this is getting really, really hard and I just want you to be there. And so they checked me and I was like one, maybe one and a half centimeters and I was like crushed. I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, it feels like I should be at like at least like a four or five right now because these contractions were like on top of each other, but they were only lasting like 30 seconds, but they were like very strong contractions that were about like one and a half to like two minutes apart, I think. And so Julie got there and she was like, as soon as I saw her, I was just like, oh, like I was just like relieved because it wasn't just me and my husband in that room with the nurses, like knowing that I was only like dilated to one or whatever. And so she's like, this is what we can do. We can do abdominal lifts or we can do Walters. And like she explained to me what they were and like abdominal lifts. I don't know if you like can explain what they are, Julie, because you're the expert here but <laughs>
0: yeah i remember i just pulled in the parking lot to the hospital when you texted me or your husband with that you were a one and i was like she's a one like how she you, have, you had been working so hard and so as soon as i got in, i'm like all right it's time to get to work because some something is preventing this baby from engaging just knowing how hard you were working and so yeah abdominal lifts um are spinning babies technique and so before you attempt to do them definitely look up on their website spinningbabies.com so that you can learn the proper techniques because your pelvis has to be tucked a certain way and um, you have to pull a certain way. And and you don't, if you do it wrong, it could, it could, um, I mean, I guess it could just not do anything, but it also could cause some issues if baby is not, if baby's head is wonky or something like that. But basically you get behind the laboring person and, and you just lift right at the very bottom of their belly and you just lift upwards and then then slight, slightly backwards toward like their spine. And then the pregnant mm-hmm. person has their pelvis tilted in a posterior pelvic tilt. Like, so their back is flat and then that helps the baby yeah. um, engage and get into the pelvis and helps the cervix open and all of those good things. <laughs> but yeah, they really suck. They're,
3: they're hard. They <laughs> were hard, but it was after we, cause you did, we did 10 of them in a row with like with during 10 contractions I should say but after I was like these contractions like are like are painful anyways like I want to do something to help get him in a better position like so it's totally worth it because I got checked again like 30 minutes later and I was like three or four centimeters and we were all just like yeah like this is going okay let's do it
2: (laughs) yeah high fives all around
3: (laughs) yeah and so at this point though I was just like not like able to like relax like at all during like between these questions because they were so close together still they were like well this is what you can do you can do you can get like a dose of Sentinel, or I think that was like my only option really and I was like okay I kind of just want like anything at this point and like and they were like well it's gonna make you feel like a little bit like high-ish but like won't really like drown out your pain at all or very much and which is exactly what happened like I just felt like super loopy and on the bed and I, but I could still feel like the exact pain from like every contraction. So I don't know if I would suggest that, but it was a little bit of a distraction for me. So maybe that helped. I don't know, but I was on the bed and she had me doing like side lying position, like where you're laying on your side with one leg up your knee up, I guess, to try to get baby in a better position, which sounds maybe like comfortable, but it wasn't at all (laughs) because just contract, like it just wasn't my choice position for contractions but that helped too because then I can't remember how much later it was like not much later like probably 45 minutes I think maybe and I was like six or seven centimeters dilated and then I was like okay I would I would like to get the epidural so that I can so I can rest so that like baby doesn't get like super high like heartbeat heart rates or whatever I just needed the rest and that was like my thought going into my VBAC was I wasn't like against getting an epidural but I also wasn't against going unmedicated I just wanted to like get my VBAC whatever like however that really needed to happen if I felt like I needed to give my body rest so that it could progress more quicker than more quickly I guess <laughs> then I went off to the epidural and that's what I did and oh I should say my yeah my midwife wasn't there she was actually out of town. She, like, none of us expected me to go into labor this early, after eight weeks and three days. So another midwife was there, and she was awesome. Her name was Marnay, and she was just as supportive as Kira was and um, wanted me to have my VBAC and stuff and, like, didn't rush me to anything. And so she came in and broke my waters, and that really helped baby come down because I, I could feel the pressure of his head coming down, which was cool to be able to feel that even, like, with the epidural. And so... Eventually, I got to complete, and I pushed for 30 minutes, and out came this beautiful baby boy, and (laughs) I did tear a little bit. I got, like, a second-degree tear, but it was recovery has been fine, a little bit painful, but just manageable for sure. I did a ton of, like, daily birth prep from, like, 34, 35 weeks, like, every single day I would kind of go through my list, and I think that really helped me. I don't know if it really helped me or if I was just lucky to go into labor this soon, but, but, yeah, that's that's my story. <laughs> Yay. That's amazing. I don't know if I missed anything, but
0: <laughs> do you know what I just think is so funny? Um, just reflecting back on that day, there was just, it was a, a little bit of a crazy day for me, but I didn't want to tell you that, <laughs> because I never tell clients like, even if I'm like really struggling with something huge, which I wasn't that day. It was just like a re- kind of a difficult day. But I like I'll turn on like heavy metal music and like scream on my way to the hospital like rah and then like ground myself, <laughs> breathe it out, and leave everything in the car so that I can come into the birth space with a clearer mind, you know, and and not, no negative energy. But like when you were we were in the parking lot and I had just finished like my clearing routine and I was like okay I'm ready to go in and then I got the text that you were one centimeter I was like. <laughs> Dang it! I needed you a little more clearing. More hard rock music. So, what was the timeline
1: from the time you got admitted till the time the baby was born?
3: Yeah. Do you do it was you have the nine notes? o'clock when I got there? It was nine, like straight up nine, and then he was born at two forty-five in the morning. So, yeah, not long at all, girl. Yeah, like, that's not, awesome. You know, I did ten centimeters in like less than five hours. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I did, my first contraction was at 4 p.m. that day. Yeah, but that's I when a one person.
1: is not really a one. You were doing good work. Your body was doing a lot more than, <laughs> than you
0: thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just looking back at our text messages that day. <laughs> oh, I was doing the mile circuit Because I told my husband, too. we were
3: just, huh? What was that? Oh, I was just saying that, like, I, you had told me to, like, do the mile circuit and stuff. And I think that helped too. Mm-hmm. But anyways, during yeah. that. During it's labor so fun. In
0: you said you lost your <laughs> mucus plug, and I'm like, woohoo, your body's getting ready. In my mind, yeah. like, I, had, I had another client, her, and her due date was four days before you had your baby. And then she didn't give birth until like eight days later. And it was just so weird. Oh. And so, in my mind, I'm like, there's an order to things. She's losing her mucus plug. That's great. I lost my mucus plug for three weeks with my. Your body's getting ready. <laughs> <And I'll- laughs> you told me that like, your body's getting ready. That's like, really okay. good. And because in my mind, I'm just like, well, this poor mama who's four days past her due date is definitely gonna go because you're V back and your first baby was didn't come until after 40 weeks. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just so sure. But then you so said you're starting to have bloody show and contractions, and I'm like, Yay, cervical changes. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you're like, Are you moving today? That was like when I moved and we had just got done. <laughs> It was right before we moved. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyways, it was just so like, fun yeah. going through all of that. But she did. She you had your baby two weeks early. And you, and it's just so funny because you just never know when these babies are going to come. Tara, am I right? Yeah. Like, what would what have been your COVID? I think, I think my first, like, back-to-back birth was with clients that were due 13 days apart. And oh I goodness. was f- straight mm-hmm. from one birth to the other. Like, it's nuts. Wow. Tara, I just called you Tara again. That's okay. Mean,
1: yeah, that's okay. You can... Definitely. I've had clients do more than a month apart who have given birth close to the same day and, and vice versa. So you never know, but that's, yeah, it's crazy. that's so nice when it goes earlier than you expect. That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah it was a nice I experience. love it. So we're kind of running out of time, but we want to just kind of talk about cervixes a little bit because your cervix, did some really cool things, in, or some really, I don't know, probably would not be cool when it swelled up like a balloon in your first pregnancy. But cervixes are pretty cool. They're pretty amazing organs. And I think we don't give them enough credit for what they do. But why don't you tell everyone? I just want to, like, straight from your mouth, what, what did you do? Because I know you had done some certain things to get your cervix ready so that you could have your best chances of having a vaginal birth?
3: Yeah. So one thing that I did, well, I did a lot of things, but something that I definitely suggest doing is going to see a chiropractor just to make sure like everything's aligned and stuff. I really think that that helped. So I was seeing a chiropractor like once a week starting at 36 weeks. I know some people go more often than that. I just, that's what I chose to do. And then I also did, I started drinking red raspberry leaf tea and I was eating like six to ten dates a day. is drinking as much water as I could. I actually was eating like pineapple and like the the center of it. I can't remember what it's called. It's like the hard part, you know. So I guess that has like bromelain in it or something that's supposed to help your uterus. Or I don't really know. I did it, and bromelain, pineapple. I don't know what it does. Like every your day, uterus. it's I think it's for digestion. I'm not quite sure. Actually, never mind. I don't know what it does. Yeah. I don't know, but I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try it. Like, it's not going to hurt me. <laughs> so it's just fine. And then I did the mile circuit every day. I think at, like, 36 weeks, like, almost every day. It wasn't, like, every single day. I kind of just, like, I did most of these, like, every single day. And I would do the forward-leaning inversion, like, on, on the couch. I'd have my husband help me. Julie came over and, like, showed me how to do it and showed him how to, like, help me come out, come up out of it. We would do that, like, before we would go on walks at night. I wanted to like make sure I would like do the forward leaning inversion and then like make sure that like baby was like in the good position. So like when I was walking, it was kind of like helping him come down maybe better. So we'd go on walks like at least like a mile, like almost every day. And then also at my birth ball, I would sit on my birth ball for like everything, folding laundry, watching a show. Um, If I'm just like playing with my son, my toddler, whatever. Uh, I was doing like hip circles on it and the pelvic tilts like forward and back and um, figure eights. And I would do that just like a lot. That's pretty much what I did. We didn't like. <laughs> this is maybe also TMI. I was like not down for having very <laughs> often. <laughs> so didn't, that didn't. I don't think that was a big player of it. <laughs> I
1: don't think there's any TMI on this show. Yeah,
3: seriously, there's no TMI. <laughs> so, true, this is all about birth. <laughs> but yeah, so some people I think have good success with that, but I no that wasn't really on my list so <laughs> anyways sure. that, pineapple core that, all the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god yes. yeah do you
0: know what sometimes i've seen with my clients entire maybe you can relate to and then like have you share a little bit in just a second but sometimes it's not even sometimes you can't say whether it's like that certain thing made the difference mm-hmm. or whether the act of just having something to do to put your mind at ease, or put your mind towards like, hey, I'm doing something that will help mm-hmm. that actually yes. gets your get your mind psychologically ready, and, pr- and maybe it's both. I mean, I'm sure it's both. There's been lots of benefits shown with um with the dates and the, the sex, obviously, is the prostaglandin, semen's prostaglandin, and the pineapple core, and all of those things. Yeah, bromelain. I think that's mm-hmm. the pineapple. I think that's yeah. The yeah. an ingredient. Yeah, of the yeah. right. Tara? Enzyme. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, Tara, go ahead. Um. Two, your last two cents anything about the cervix you can say anything about the cervix and then <laughs> for anyone who's in chicago let them know how they can contact you because you are an awesome VVAC doula
1: well about the cervix, i have a lot to say about the cervix but i <laughs> had
0: I, th- I thought it was very
1: interesting bridget in your first birth that you said those those cervical checks were so painful and that partly was because the baby was high, but also it can be when your cervix is posterior. So a lot of oh. people don't realize that the cervix starts out pointing towards our back and
2: mm-hmm. then it
1: moves forward as labor progresses and it moves back and forward during our menstrual cycle too. So if, it's, if, if they have to reach up and behind the baby's head essentially to find your cervix or way in the back, mm-hmm. that's super painful.
3: Okay, so, that makes sense. I remember them telling me that, too. And,
1: yeah. So yeah. one of the reasons it might have been less painful that third time or whatever was because it maybe had, had moved forward and it was easier ah. for the nurse to find, although sometimes their are nurses that are just really good at that, <laughs> being gentle. Yeah, I think that's really interesting about the cervix. But I, th- I love that Julie's you know, talking about the psychology of, you know, it's doing the things, but it's also what's in our head about doing the things. I think that is a fascinating mix of the psychology of not trying too hard. Cause I think when we, when we're trying too hard, we also can work against our body's natural rhythms, but it sounds like what you mm-hmm. did worked for you. <laughs> yeah, for
3: sure. Also like, being all in like you were all in. <laughs> I was. And like, I, I was making sure like, that I wasn't like stressing myself out about it. Like I actually enjoyed doing these things. And so I think that like, just the release of oxytocin too probably helped just like calm my nerves and yeah. So, anyways, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, it was so lovely to chat with you ladies today. Uh, Tara, throw down your website right now, or how what's the best way yeah. for people to be able to be? My website is with you parenting.com
1: and that's you, just the letter U, Cause you know, it's all about being together, being with each other that we can't promise um what's going to happen or promise outcomes but we can promise you won't be alone and that you'll Mm -hmm. have somebody with you so that's the idea behind my business and my my email is with you parenting at gmail.com
0: so i love that that is a great sentiment i think oh anyways i would talk about it for longer (laughs) but since we are out of time tara thanks so much for helping me co-host today and bridget oh I just love you little family. I'm so glad you're hanging around mm-hmm. in Utah and not in California. And I just appreciate both of you so
3: much. Thank, Thank you. you. Congratulations, Thank Bridget. You. Thank you so much.
2: Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.